This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, Panthers fans. You are listening to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And we're here to do our big draft recap show. Uh, Also talk about some undrafted guys and then maybe a few thoughts after that. Uh, We have done two rapid reaction podcasts going over the first round and essentially just the second round because the Panthers did not (laughs) end up with a third round pick this year uh, because they traded up. So... Uh, we have talked about the first three picks a bit. We're going to talk about them a little bit more and then go into the day three picks. Uh, and then we'll talk about some undrafted free agents that uh, we were we did pick up. So let's just sort of start at the top here. Derek Brown, uh, we've kind of talked about him a couple of days now. This is day three or show three talking about him. I'm still super high on it. I think a lot of people are starting to come around on it. Jerry, do you have any new thoughts on Derek Brown that we haven't talked about so far? I hate it. No, I was joking. <laughs> I, I, he would, I really like it. Again, run-stuffing defensive tackle, we needed We needed to help against that line. And I, I think he could be a great, great building piece for this defense. Like the Fletcher Cox, you know. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be Aaron Donald putting up – crazy numbers he's not that type of defensive tackle but I think he's gonna help free up so much more yeah I agree I think people were upset because Simmons didn't get drafted at that spot um I think seeing what the Panthers did the the rest of the draft sort of gave you a better idea as why they picked Derek Brown in that spot uh especially considering you know that they picked up Chen later, who is sort of a Derek Brown or a Isaiah Simmons light. But yeah, I think uh, I'm still seeing some people upset with the pick. I mean, Panthers Wire had that pick graded at like a C because they were pissed off that they that Panthers didn't take Isaiah Simmons. Um, but everybody's sort of ragging on them. I think I think everybody's pretty excited about it. You know, for a defensive tackle, it's not a flashy position, but you know kind of seeing the way the rest of the draft came around and building up that line, that front seven especially. Like, I'm I'm stoked about it. I think it's a really good pick. Yeah, I people, I don't know if it's because Clemson is here and, you know, that that's why they had their heart set on him. I really like Simmons, and I was expecting us to go with Simmons. But the more I thought about it, especially the way the draft unfolded, I would say Rule and Herney did the right thing. I agree. And Simmons was at the top of my list as well, but stepping back and, and again, seeing what they did the rest of the draft, I'm a hundred percent sold that Derek Brown was the right pick. Um, so let's, let's move on to the second round. You know, again, these are guys we've sort of talked about a little bit. Yitor Gross Matos from Penn state, our second pick 38th overall. Um, still happy with him. I think him and Burns on the corners is going to be an interesting combination, especially f- flanking KK and Brown. So I'm super excited to see it. I still think that this was a, a very good pick. I do too. First round grade on this guy. He fell to us. Uh, he's the prototypical 4-3, while Brian Burns is more of just an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. So he'll help with the run game as well. I like it. He has some work to do, but, I mean, he's a rookie. All rookies do. Yeah. And uh, you get to say, Yeetor! Yeetor! Anytime he makes a set. Oh, that was gross. My toes. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, couldn't be happier about that pick. Uh, the next pick we traded up. We got rid of our third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. Moved up a few spots to take Jeremy Chin at the very end of the second round. Now, I think you do have some thoughts on Jeremy Chin. Well, when the first pick first happened and we did our rapid reaction, I said I liked the player. I didn't really like us moving up. Mm-hmm. And the more and more I looked into Jeremy Chin, the more and more I like the pick and I understand what Rule and Herney are doing. 
everyone who's complaining about Isaiah Simmons not being drafted, this is why. They love this guy, and he is very Isaiah Simmons-like. He's very fast, very big, very strong. I think what the Panthers are going to do this offseason, or this season, they're not going to run the typical 4-3. I think they're going to run more of a big nickel, where we have Jeremy Chin as the, I'm using quotes, outside linebacker, uh, slot corner guy covering mm-hmm. the tight ends. And then we're going to have Tahir Whitehead and Shaq as the only real true linebackers. Then up front, we'll have Burns and those four. Yeah. So I really like this pick after I did more research on him. And Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com mm-hmm. said that this was the best pick in the draft, that he is the steal of the draft. Wow. Yeah, he's sort of, I mean, from Southern Illinois, so a bit of a smaller school, not a huge college football presence there. He was sort of a late bloomer. Um, I think he was pretty small uh, in high school before he sort of blossomed coming into college and really coming into his body, I guess you could say, uh, or his body coming into him. Yeah. It sounds weird, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so maybe, uh, you know, if this guy played one more year of college football, maybe he's a first-round pick, you know, I mean. Or if he went to a bigger school, like if he, yeah, if he yeah. grew up a little bit faster, right. went to Alabama, Clemson, yeah. Alabama, one of those schools, you know. Right. So, no, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I like the versatility that Chin has, which was one of the reasons people really thought that we would go with Simmons, just because he sort of does everything. Um, mm-hmm. And Chen is—he's exactly the same type of player. I sent—I know I sent you a uh, a little graphic that sort of compared grades on Chen and Simmons in terms of their combine workouts and stuff like that. And Chen was extremely favorable in his comparison yeah. with Simmons, and even higher in a lot of areas. So, and the athlete, right? To use that quote, right? And I think you know. I know your, you know, maybe maybe this was your concern. It was sort of my concern when we drafted Jen. Chen was I didn't know a lot about him. Uh, he he has safety by his name, which made me think, did we really need to trade up for a safety? Mm-hmm. But he's not really a pure safety. He does a lot no. of different things. So, yeah. And like I said, I think they're going to run the big nickel as our primary defense, and he's going to be on the field all the time. He's not going to be playing center field back there like the safety mm-hmm. Trey Boston and yeah. someone we'll get back to later on. So I think we're actually probably three for three in day one starters here. Uh, I, yeah. would, I, I believe that's entirely possible, if not probable. Um, so unless you want to have any more discussions about these three guys, let's move into the guys we have not talked about yet. Uh, our fourth pick with 113th overall we finally grabbed that corner that you and I had been waiting on uh, since really the first round almost. <laughs> I mean, with uh, <laughs> Tony Pride Jr. at a Notre Dame. And this is another guy that I think we got a pretty good value on. Um, the grades are pretty high on him for us. He's uh, fast. He's got good hands. I mean, I, I don't know what else you'd want from a guy in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, we're getting a... Probably another starter in the fourth round. Yeah. I And I say starter, I think if we had quality guys, he wouldn't be. But I think with this current setup, he's got to start. Or it looks like he's going to start. He is a little bit smaller, 5'11", 193. But unfortunately, that seems to be the trend with corners lately. Yeah, I'm not super upset about his uh, measurables. But, you know, he was a four-star recruit. Coming into college, he played well at Notre Dame. Um, he is a position of need for us. I mean, I think we maybe got two corners here um, because the next guy, Kenny Robinson Jr., fifth round pick, one fifty two overall. I think this I, this is another guy that I saw a lot of people talking about was a big steal in the draft. Yeah. And, we I like Kenny Robinson a lot. From uh, we kind of I paid attention to him because he was the only uh, XFL player with mm-hmm. 
uh, NCAA eligibility left. Right. And I like I like the way he played and everything. He's you know six two. He's a good player. I think he fell because he did decide to go to the XFL, which I think is dumb. But <laughs> I don't get to make. The, yeah, it's decisions. it's interesting. Uh, I mean, he played well in the XFL. I think he was mm-hmm. widely considered one of the better defensive players in the league. Uh, if not one of the best, he did leave West Virginia because of some academic issues. I think he, uh, from what I understand, he had a teammate or a classmate do a test for him, an online test, and essentially pretend it was him. Um, So, I mean, I've heard of a lot of worse things that guys have done and gotten drafted. So I'm not too concerned about his character when it comes to that. I think he was going to a funeral. Is why he, so wait? You know, he do so that. is that why he got kicked out of West Virginia? That's what that's what I heard the other day. Um, I mean, because I feel like that happens a lot. I I don't know, as I was yeah. never a college football player, but I'm assuming mm-hmm. that happens quite often. Yeah, and I would so imagine he didn't like rob get, a bank or anything. Ro- no, he did not rob a bank. <laughs> uh, at least he didn't get caught if he did rob a bank. But um, yeah, that's that's what I heard happened, and it was you know academic fraud is what they called it, and they kicked him out of school. So. Uh, but he was a guy that had, and we, and we talked about him in our mock draft. Um, he was a guy that had offers from Alabama, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Clemson, I think, even when he got kicked out of school to go play there. And he decided to go into the XFL instead uh, to get that one year before he could go into the NFL draft. So I love it. Again, another position of need. He's listed as a safety, but. Everyone, I think, is sort of expecting him to play corner. So, I love See, the pick. See, I, I have him more playing safety. Yeah. He played safety in the XFL, too. Yeah. That's why I think he, they would project him more as a safety. And once we're done with this, I will say what I really think is happening. And then we'll kind of go from there. Just keep moving on. Okay. Well, I, I just want to do... <laughs> I do want to say that Kenny, he's a, he's a bigger guy. He's 6'2", 200 pounds. He's got a good body, um, and if he does play safety, that's fine too. But this is a guy I don't know that he'll be a starter right away. Uh, our safety spots are pretty—I mean, I'm pretty happy with who we have at safety right now. Um, really, you're happy with Burris? Well, let let me say if Chin is playing some safety too, then I think I'd prefer Chin over yeah. um, Robinson right away. Uh, but again, depending on the the type of defense we're playing and all that stuff, yeah, I mean, I could see Robinson coming in competing with Burris for that spot for sure. Um, all right, so let's start moving towards the the really late part of the draft here, round six, hundred eighty fourth pick, defensive line, Bravoyan, Bravion Roy from Baylor. We knew that eventually. <laughs> We were going to get a Baylor or a Temple pick, and we ended up getting a Baylor pick. Yeah. Uh, another guy that people are pretty, I mean, they're saying that it was a a nice value pick. Yeah. I, I feel like this guy is kind of like a Kyle Love type. Mm-hmm. He's the big type of nose tackle guy. He's not going to put up any numbers, but he's going to eat up linemen and, and filling in for Derek Brown duty. That's yeah. what this guy is going to do. And that's great. That's what his role is getting that type of guy in a f- fifth or sixth round pick. That's that's great. Yeah, my I, I like going for either boom or bust guys in the late rounds or just guys that you know are going to make the team and provide depth. Yep. And this is a guy who is going to provide depth. Yeah, This is not a and- home run hitter, but he's going to hit singles. You know, he's going to be in there. Pace. He's going to yeah. be able to help stop the run when he's when Derek Brown and KK Shore are taking a breather. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like it. I understand the pick, even though it's a Baylor guy. But I mean, yeah, but that's okay. I mean, you could look at it different ways. Um, Rule thought enough of him as a Baylor player to pick him in the NFL. I mean, he knows him. He knows how to coach him. So. I'm happy with it. I mean, he knows the strengths and weaknesses. We've talked about this before where basically coaches like to get guys that they know. Yeah. That they know their strengths and weaknesses. When do, you know, 
hold him and when to show him to a certain point. All right. And let's move to the last pick. Um, Stanley Thomas Oliver out of FIU. He is a corner. Uh, and this is this is one of those, like, probably a practice squad guy, right? Um, but again, not a, again, not people on this thought, depth chart, sir. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> on a normal team, probably a practice squad guy. But uh, this is another guy that people thought pretty highly of in terms of a seventh round pick. Like, the, the grades are pretty good on him. So I yeah. don't know a ton about him. He has apparently a nice wingspan. Um, and he's fast. So what well, else do you need? Tra- I guess <laughs> he's, he moved from receiver to corner his right. sophomore year of college. So he's only been playing corner for two years. Again, that makes sense with, mm-hmm. you know, playing at FIU wasn't at a big school, very fast, very athletic. Uh, let me try to get his size here. Six foot, even 192. Eh, maybe not the biggest guy, but still yeah. ran a four, four, eight, uh, like I said, another athlete. Yeah. One thing you could tell about this draft is Matt Rule really, really puts emphasis on athletes. Absolutely, yeah. And what I like about this guy is because he switched positions kind of late in his development as a football player, you know, in the amateur ranks, maybe he hasn't reached that full potential yet. In fact, he almost certainly hasn't reached his full potential at corner. And he's going to have really good hands as a corner because he was a former wide receiver. So maybe he had bad hands as a wide receiver, but bad hands mm-hmm. as a wide receiver is excellent hands as a corner. So he could be, you know, it could be one of those guys that picks off a lot of passes when he kind of fully realizes his potential. If he has the potential, we'll see. Yeah. And he eventually, I'm assuming he's also a little slower diagnosing plays mm-hmm. on defense, knowing where he needs to go. Um, one of the weaknesses I've seen is that it takes time for his uh, to flip his hips, which is a big thing with corners in press coverage. They got to turn afterwards, and I guess he's a little slower on that. He's got to work on that. But those are things that corners seventh round, man. I mean, yeah, right. You're going, yeah, like I said, you know, <laughs> late in the rounds. You're just going for guys that you think can make the football team um, and have some upside. I think this yeah. guy has upside. I like guys like this, and this, you know, guys that are sort of an unknown, right? Especially that late in the draft, where if you don't pick him, he, you know, he may not get picked at all. Um, so yeah, I love it. Um, so I overall, you know, obviously we went through pick by pick here. I didn't hear any offensive picks at all, Jerry. You are correct. <laughs> First time in the history of the draft that team has used all seven draft picks on only defense which is Uh, i think it was definitely needed like i wouldn't have predicted that just because it never happened but even in our mock you and i were you know on defense hard i mean we all knew that was a need well the only positions i would have seen us really kind of jump out and not early would have been offensive line help, guard and mm-hmm. tackle, tight end. Mm-hmm. That's it. Everything else, I mean, maybe a wide receiver in the sixth or seventh. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like just those late round guys, fifth, sixth round guys, where you're going best player available. Um, but they, they, I think they decided that they were drafting for need in this draft, uh, or that's just the way the board fell, and those best available guys were always defensive guys. I mean, I I could see it being best available and the board also. Well, I think this guy's maybe a little bit better, but let's be honest, we need another cornerback more than another wide receiver at this point. We only have them two spots ahead of them on our big board. Let's go with the corner. Yeah. Well, plus, you know, and Rule even said this, Rule and Herney kind of talked about this after the draft, is they went pretty heavy offense in free agency and they needed to fill out the defense and this is a good way to do it you know you're getting good young cheap guys on defense so uh overall how do you feel about the draft i really like this draft i think i think herney and rule really knocked it out of the park and i I was discussing this with i wanted to say something earlier 
Mm-hmm. Now, with this draft, I think they're going to run more big nickel because we mm-hmm. don't have another linebacker on the team realistically. I mean, maybe Norris, Jared Norris is still mm-hmm. on the roster. I have to check, but yeah. he's not a starter. So I think they're going to run big nickel more often than not and probably be our primary thing. And this is how I have that shaping out. I have Derek Brown, KK Short, Etor Grossmatos, and Brian Burns on you the You can't line. say that name without affecting some sort of accent. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've become fully Latino as I'm finishing <laughs> that name. <laughs> and then I'm going to move to linebackers. You're going to have Shaq, mm-hmm. Tahir Whitehead. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I think we're going to run that big nickel where Jeremy Chin, Chin is going to be the other linebacker safety, that tweener guy mm-hmm. who covers that tight end. Then on the outside, you're going to have Dante Jackson. Hopefully, you know, he can take a step <laughs> forward. Right. And then at that, if we don't sign a guy, Troy Pride Jr. is probably going to slip in that slot. Good, yeah. And on, and then at the safety position, if like I said, if Jeremy Chin kind of does that tweener linebacker position, you're going to have Kenny Robinson competing with Burris. Yeah. And Trey Boston. Yeah, Trey Boston's yeah. got that locked down. So you're looking at a possible five rookies starting on defense out of this draft. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good and bad, right? Good because yeah. <laughs> you know they're gonna get. You know, it means number one, we had a successful draft class if all these guys are starters. Two, they're getting that experience that they're going to need, uh, but. It also means that we've got five rookies starting on defense, and there's going to be some growing pains, right? So, especially with no off-season program, and you know, with the coronavirus kind of playing havoc with all these guys getting to know each other and practicing the system, things like that, it's going to be tough, tough to start, I think. But hopefully, we see some seeds of, you know, what's to come within the first few games here can i say i personally think that two two of these guys will eventually make a pro bowl at least once in their career oh i think that's uh i think that's kind of a low i would i I would go even higher than that i think brown for sure yeah see i think brown brown for sure and i think uh i would say well shoot i don't know that, yeah. Maybe that is maybe that is kind of a good prediction because I, I'm trying to think like Gross Matos. I don't know. He could get ten sacks and never make the Pro Bowl, you know, but still be See, a super I th- productive I player. I think Gross Matos is going to be that Charles Johnson type of guy, but right. maybe not as top tier as Charles Johnson, right. where he's always really good, but so, at the same time, he never Mario Addison. breaks into that superstar Pro Bowl. Yeah, Mario Addison. I mean, Mario Addison had yeah. nine, nine and a half sacks every year the last three years he was here. So it and was you never very productive, it. right, but never made a Pro Bowl. So you're right, that could be this guy. Um, and uh, who's I think, the other guy? I think, you think Jeremy Chin. Chin yeah. The more and more I like, I like that pick. I really see him being very complimentary to Isaiah Simmons. And if, if we do what I think we're going to do, mm-hmm. or this defense is going to do, He's going to be the star of it. The yeah. guy who's flying around making tackles, making big plays that are on highlight reels that will help put him in the Pro Bowl. Hey, you're all in on Jeremy Chin. Yeah. I, I really like Jeremy Chin. I told That's good. You, I, That's awesome. After, after that pick, though, I went and did some research on him. I don't, I didn't know about him, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's good. I mean, I, I like that you've come around on that. Um, I did want to ask you... Before we get into these undrafted guys, um, you have sort of been on the record as saying that you're not 100% happy with how the offseason has gone so far, right, overall. Correct. Um, you're not sure the direction of the team. Like, what do they want to do? They seem confused. Do they want to compete? Do they not want to compete? Does this give you Can any I kind stay- of clarity? No. To me, it actually makes me more confused because I I felt like I was on a pretty good 
I thought I had a pretty good idea of what was happening. And now they go and they draft, you know, they seem like they're trying to put a competent team together (laughs) to compete. (laughs) Well, well, that's my problem is if you wanted to tank, you don't sign Teddy Bridgewater. You don't sign Robbie Anderson. Yeah. If, if your goal is to build from build with all young guys and kind of like grow that way, you don't sign those guys. You trot Kyle Allen out there and Will Greer out there and maybe take a flyer on Jacob Eason in the third or fourth round. But you don't you don't bring those guys in. The offense, besides some line help, looks pretty good. Yeah. You you don't like the tight end position at all, and I agree they probably need to get some depth there, and we'll discuss those guys mm-hmm. here in a second. But for the most part, for the way what I've seen Joe Brady likes to spread out the ball, they've went and got a lot of guys. We've got Curtis and we've got three guys I think that can start. I mean, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson. Right. I think those are very good guys. And then you're gonna t- from what he did in college, he spread the ball out. That he he did a lot of four and five receiver sets. So you could do that and put McCaffrey out on mm-hmm. wide there too. And that spread out the defense and got gave Joe Burrow a lot of time. But I, I just don't understand why they went there of let's sign all these guys, but yet we're rebuilding. It, and then this draft, this draft looked great. Again, hats off to Rule and yeah. Hardy. That's just the way it felt to them. But defensively, I feel like they're in rebuild mode that all these young guys are going to get a lot of playing time this year. It's a little weird. It's like offensively, it feels like they're in uh, reload mode. And defensively, they're in rebuild mode. Correct. Which is, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I think, I mean, and we've kind of talked about it, the offense was pretty young anyway, young and skilled. Um, But you're right, you know, signing Bridgewater's, Signing Bridgewater is kind of the thing that made me go, well, why are you doing that if you don't expect to compete for the next yeah. two or three years? Like, If you're not ex- – why not keep Cam at that point, see if he right. has anything left? And that would, be, that would be the way to go, I think, is you keep Cam, you just give him the year, and if it mm-hmm. works out, great. And if it doesn't work out, that's – then you know. Um. So yeah, the the Teddy thing is is sort of the one that the more I think about it confuses me. Um I will say that I think this is going to be an interesting season. Yeah. I have no idea uh, what's going to happen. No. Yeah. When our off season comes around and yeah. we have to do predictions. Yeah, I mean I I just don't know what this team is. Um and that's the, the kind of the sad part about no training camp or you know, whatever the training camp is when it comes along. I mean, it's still a couple months away, but um, are we even going to see these guys practice a lot before the season starts? I mean, maybe not. Certainly probably yeah. not as much as they would normally. I mean, mini camps already passed, and, you know, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But, um, all right, sorry. Sorry to derail us there a little bit, but I was just curious as to your thoughts on that. Um, all right, let's give um, – I I would like to give an overall grade for the draft. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give it an A-. minus. Uh, I okay. think it was excellent. The only thing that could have made it better, in my opinion, would have been to get a tight end. I really wanted a tight end, um, a starting tight end. We didn't get and there that. was a couple that fell really late yeah. too. There was a there was a like couple I thought third or fourth round late right. yeah third or fourth round grades that yeah fell. exactly um, people that Mike Mayock was pulling or not Mike Mayock but Mel Kiper was pulling his hair out wondering why people weren't drafting um, so that's that was like the Do you only think Mel Kiper can pull any of that hair out I think he has so much product in it it's more like right. a helmet every time he touches it it cuts his hand. <laughs> Um, (laughs) yeah. Um, so that's the only thing that kind of holds it back from like a solid A or an A plus for me is the fact that I just wish maybe instead of drafting, you know, one of these guys in the sixth round, we would have went with a tight end, but otherwise, I mean, I'm completely happy with it. I I thought it was amazing. Probably the best draft I've ever seen the Panthers 
conduct, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to give it an A. Yeah. Uh, mostly, I'm hoping that they kind of run the big nickel out more, and that's mm-hmm. their base defense. And I'm, like I said, the way I see it, there's going to be four or five starters from this this mm-hmm. year. So that's partly because of need and, yeah. you know, them not signing the players this offseason. But if that happens and if the defense is not last, yeah, you got to give them credit. Yeah. No, I, I you, you kind of saying that we could have five starters from this rookie class is a little eye-opening for me. Like, I didn't really put that together, but that's crazy. I mean, even, okay, <laughs> if they don't run the big nickel, they run Jared Norris out there at outside linebacker. Yeah. We're going to have four. Yeah. Po- three or four. I mean, unless I, th- Troy... I mean, they want, they want Shin in there. They want him to yeah. play a lot. And oh, this no, is no. not, it... this is not Ron Rivera, who no. is happy to let a rookie sit, even though they <sighs> show amazing promise. Brian Burns. Oh. Right. <laughs> so. Um, he needs to learn more. Yeah, let him learn yeah. on the field. He's getting to the quarterback. Right. This is, you know, Matt Rule is going to play young guys, especially this year. I mean, this yeah. is this is sort of the perfect storm for these guys. So, um, all right. Cool. Well, do you want to move into undrafted free agents real quick? Um. We can go ahead and jump into undrafted free agents. Go ahead. Yeah, let's just run through them. Uh, we had 17 undrafted free agents that we signed. Um, I really don't know any of these guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I will say that it looks like uh, there's one from Baylor and one from Temple. So we filled our Baylor Temple quota. Um I think uh, we did sign a couple of tight ends. Uh, that's certainly. Well, do you want me to go ahead and list them? Yeah, out? go ahead and list them out. Okay. We have Miles My- Adams, defensive end from Rice. Um, I did a little. I I did a little bit of research, not much. Mm-hmm. Uh, PFF had him rated as a third uh, interior lineman of the draft. Wow. So they have him listed as defensive end, but he could become a backup to KK Short there. Nice. Uh, Omar Bayless, wide receiver from Arkansas State. Yeah, I've heard uh, about him. 2,764 career receiving yards there and 26 touchdowns. Also ranked second in the nation in 2019 with 1,653 yards. So kind of surprised he fell out of the draft. Yeah. Maybe because he went uh, to Arkansas State. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're going to hear some colleges that you've never heard of right. pretty soon. <laughs> uh, Brandon Bowen, tackle out of Ohio State, started 13 games in 2018 and 17 at right tackle. Uh, didn't start last year there, obviously. Probably why he fell down. Probably not he's, the best athlete there. He's six foot seven, 315 pounds. He is a mountain. <laughs> he's a massive um, guy. Jason Ferris, Montana Wester. Uh, had 119 <laughs> tackles, 10 tackles for loss, 2019. So, yeah, okay. a tackler. <laughs> we'll see. He's he's one of those guys that is going to be competing for special teams, fringe players. Yeah. Although we may need some linebackers. Sam Franklin, linebacker from Temple. Temple. <laughs> Carolina Owls. Uh, Miles Hartsfield, defensive back from Mississippi. Okay. Trevante Heights, wide receiver, TCU. I've heard of TCU. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the reasons why I'm not mentioning any stats or anything is because they don't have like outstanding stats to like the first couple guys I mentioned. Yeah, Trayvon Heights, um, the thing I saw about him was he averaged 23.4 yards per catch in college, but he only had like a handful of catches. So he's a speed guy, obviously. Now, here is one uh, Horton, or uh, Mike Horton, guard from Auburn, third two career starts at Auburn, uh, seeing time as left and right guard. 
that's that's a potential there for us to make the team. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Mack, linebacker, Virginia. Uh, he tallied a career high 114 tackles as a sophomore, but then had injuries his last two seasons. Mm. Oh, my little thing's not scrolling down. Frederick, oh man, Mawawa, center mm. for Washington State. Mowage, Started 39 states <laughs> consecutive games. Yeah, I'm still trying to say yeah. the name. <laughs> Mawaga. So, another starter at center, or lineman help. Yeah. Chris Orr, linebacker, Wisconsin. Second team, all Big Ten honorary in 2019. 11 and a half sacks, 14 tackles for loss, and two forced fumbles. Okay. David Reese. Linebacker, Florida. Uh, AP, second team, all SEC honors. Nothing nothing (laughs) great, but yeah. I mean, I say that, but that's still like such an achievement. Yeah, of course. But not for, you know, NFL standards. Giovanni Ricci, tight end, Western Michigan. There's your uh, tight end. Yeah. Ricci um... caught 51 passes for 640. 42 yards and eight touchdowns last year. Yeah, he ranked um, third among all college tight ends in receiving yards last season. So, Wow, only 642 yards is third? Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Any listeners out there, I don't follow college football very, very much. Yeah, not, neither do I. I know a little bit. This but, is not a college football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you want your college football news, go somewhere else. Uh, Austrian Robinson, defensive tackle, Mississippi. Austrian. Rodney Smith, running back, Minnesota. I, I found this one a little interesting because Minnesota always has a solid running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he earned all Big Ten second team honors. He rushed for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns last year. So, he may be that power or power back that you were kind of wanting to pair with, yeah, for those was, short terms. I was gonna say this is something we sort of looked at as a possibility in the draft was mm-hmm. you know getting a compliment for McCaffrey. So, um, you know, I think what um, uh, Bonifan was an undrafted guy, so you know they make the team. Especially in running not back. Not only that, he could be a short yardage back, like you said. Yeah. McCaffrey did struggle sometimes on those third and fourth goal. It cost us lines. a couple of games last year. So yeah. McCaffrey didn't cost us any games last year. No, but the you know him not <laughs> him not being able to. Uh, I mean, I you know you know what I'm saying. There was a couple of touchdowns, goal line stands um, that he just couldn't get. That did, I believe did cost us a game or two. So. Again, he won us several games by himself, but, you know, it's something that we should address. Okay. Cam Sutton, tight end, Fresno State. Yeah. I heard Cam Sutton, and uh, I was like, Cam Sutton! But, you know, not that Cam Sutton. Yeah. Uh, He's listed 6'6", 226 pounds. I think this is going to be like a practice squad guy. He's athletic. He ran a 4'5", and a 36 inch vertical, which is pretty good for a guy his size. So, yeah, uh, but he's 226 pounds. I yeah. think he'd get pushed around a little bit. Six six two twenty. Yeah, that's. Hey, Kelvin Benjamin a, was a lot bigger than that. He's Kevin Durant like, size. Ke- <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin was what six six two forty. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listed, but it's really like six six three twenty. After 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 a box of donuts, um, <laughs> Sam Ticklenberg, offensive line Baylor. Uh, not a Baylor guy, familiar with Matt uh-huh. Rule, helping out with the O line. Not caught surprised. A, caught a touchdown in college. That's what that's yeah. that's his blurb here. Con, a, uh, it, he's a converted tight end. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I just saw that. So. Yeah. And he was a three-year starter at Baylor too. So yeah, well, all these Baylor guys are going to get a, a, you know, an opportunity here. So yeah, 
I don't see any of those besides the running back really stepping up and making this team like as a significant starter or not. Well, running back won't be a starter, but yeah. short yardage guy. It's hard to see any any undrafted free agent do anything just because there's a reason they weren't drafted. I like Omar Bayless a lot. Of course, wide receiver is not really a position that we need uh, a lot of help at right now. But I could definitely see him being a practice squad guy um, or maybe even coming in at the very end of you know, the roster being kind of inactive most weeks but being on the team. Uh, if we had a preseason, I'd really be interested in watching him because I think he's pretty good. People were very excited about us signing him. So, um, Yeah, I mean, overall, you know, it's a crop of undrafted free agents. I'm not super excited about him. I'm not super down on him. So. Yeah, I mean, there's no real undrafted rookie free agent I really wanted. Do you remember <laughs> Lael Collins going undrafted that one year because – he was not under investigation, but he was part of a murder. Mm-hmm. Like, they wanted to question him for, I guess, his ex-girlfriend got murdered. He was a first-round talent. I don't know why we did not try to draft him in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. Well, that that was just... Everybody else didn't. <laughs> and he was already cleared of the charges. That yeah. was the thing, is the police came out and said, he's not under investigation anymore. That I'm sure those orders came down from Goodell. The Goodell office saying we're not bringing this guy into the league uh, as a draft. We don't want yeah, we now, don't want the the publicity of this guy on draft day. Yeah, well now he's a perennial Pro Bowler. Right, right. So for of course Dallas Cowgirls. <clears throat> of course. Um, there is right. one last thing I want to talk about since sure. I think we're done with the draft. Unless we there's are anything done with else. The draft. Do you have a grade for the undrafted free agents? <laughs> NA <laughs> <laughs> TBD <laughs> Yeah. Alright, go ahead, sorry. Um with the draft over, what's your thoughts on Marty Herney? Is he gonna continue being the GM or are we gonna let him go? Because I feel like this draft was ninety eight percent Matt Rule and Marty Herney just going like, Okay, yeah, that sounds good. So everything that Tepper has said about Marty Herney, not everything, but the gist that I got when listening to Tepper talk about Herney was how much of a genius he is in terms of scouting players for the draft, right? And Herney has hit home runs on first-round draft picks year after year after year. Now, I'm hoping that Rule's influence has helped us hit some home runs in other rounds of the draft this year because Ernie has notoriously been pretty bad at pretty much anything outside of the first round, uh, you know, uh, with some exceptions, but pretty consistently he nails first round picks and nothing else really happens. So it's a good question to ask is her, was Herney kept around until the draft? And I don't see a successor for him in place right now. It's like we weren't able to, to take the guy from the Eagles that they wanted. Um, I know they thought about taking the guy from New England. Um, so I don't know who would take over for Herney right now. Well, kind of feels like he's it, probably in place for this season at least. See, I think I, I would say at this point you could let him go and look. I mean, unfortunately, look at what happened a few years ago. This happened with the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott was hired, and mm-hmm. then they fired their GM right after the draft. And then they brought in Brandon Bean. And then, of course, the whole shenanigans with... Gettleman. Gettleman. Uh-huh. A couple a couple months later, we were looking for a GM while we had a homegrown, perfectly groomed Brandon Bean. Yeah. Leave us. Oh, that was so bad. We had the seeds of the bean stalk, as I like to call it. We let him go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a bummer because getting rid of... Gettleman like a month after being left we're kind of like mm-hmm. oh what are we gonna do now and then of course you know Herney was brought back so it was just sort of a nightmare scenario for for us you know looking at the front office but um I don't know man I, mean, I, I feel like Herney's could... go ahead I was gonna say one thing I could say about Mar- 
Marty Herney is he knows how to work with people, man. Because yeah. he's worked with John Fox, he's worked with Jerry Richardson, Ron Rivera, David Tepper, Matt Rule, and everybody says everything glowing about him. But his, like you said, after the first round, his drafts have, and he some of his free agent signings are have backfired or mm-hmm. re-signing guys have backfired. D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, yeah, two big payday running backs at the same time. Oh, Charles Johnson was a massive overpay towards the end of his time with the Panthers. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was something that Herney talked about when he came back was that he's, you know, in stepping away from the team and looking at things from a different perspective, he, he sort of got a different view on how to handle players and re-signing things like that. I think he's done a better job in his second stint with that. Of course, he just signed McCaffrey to a big deal. So in three or four years, we'll see how that's looking. Uh, a lot of people were sort of split on that one. But um, otherwise, I think he's done pretty well. I mean, letting Greg Olson go uh, shows yeah. sort of some growth, I think, in that arena. Um, letting Thomas Davis go was another like one. Even James Bradbury. Even James though Bradbury, I... yep. Which we could debate whether that was a good move or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, it does definitely show that he's a different GM. I have no problem with Marty Herney kind of sticking around. I think he's done a good job since he's come back. So I'm not going to hold his previous reign uh, against him if he's doing a good job right now. Yeah. And I think I I kind of like the way it's situated. I think Marty Herney may be the scouting and money guy Mm -hmm. while Matt Rule makes all the decision. Like it goes, flows through Matt Rule and Marty Herney is like, well, these are what the scouts are saying. Here's some tape. What you know? Right. What do you want to do? Hey, this is the guy. I can probably get get this guy signed for about this much. You know, well, he didn't like want to sign for that much. He wants to go up to this. That's what his age is saying. Do you want to go there? You know? Yeah. Maybe that's how it's working right now. Well, and that's great as long as Rule is good at that. We just don't know yet. Yeah. You know, but based on this draft and, the, you know, again, we won't really know how good this draft is for a couple of years probably, but just based on the our initial thoughts, it sounds like they're working well together. And, um, again, I'm hoping that Rule's influence has helped with the later rounds here, but um, I would be okay with that. I don't like when a coach is also the GM. But in this scenario where... He's not having to do all of the GM duties, you know, not having to worry about contracts and um, scouting and all that stuff. He's basically just looking at what players fit what I want to do. All right, Marty Herney, go get it done. I like that better. You know, I don't like the the Doc Rivers, you know, this is an NBA comparison, but Doc Rivers famously went uh, went to a team and was basically just had all power over everything and it's too much it's just too much for one person to do you know you can't expect someone to put all their effort into coaching the team and then find more all their effort to put into being the general manager of the team it's just too much especially for a guy coming right out of college like matt rule who's already has that big transition to make you don't want to put all that power and responsibility mainly on him right out the gate so i I like the way that they've done this Honestly, I would have loved, I think, to bring in the Eagles guy. And I don't remember his name, but um, that was a. They, they tried to offer him that role of executive vice president or whatever it was. And because it wasn't technically a GM job, they weren't allowed to. Yeah. Uh, or the Eagles could have turned him down and they did. So. And that could be what they're going to do, too, is bring in an assistant GM, which. You know, mm-hmm. Tepper has said before to groom under Marty. Marty Herney is old too. Let's not let's not he's think he's some spring chicken. You know, he's been around for a long time. Uh, I mean, I remember when Marty Herney left and he did his radio show for a couple. I of did years, too, and uh, I liked him as a radio guy. Um, but you know, and again, I'm going to give another NBA comparison here. But Steve Kerr was uh, a. a front office guy stepped away did some broadcasting came back as a head coach and is amazing at it and said that he learned so much when he stepped away so i'm I'm, i think that that's not a bad thing like for herney to have stepped away looked at things looked at his mistakes looked at what other guys are doing just had more time to sort of review all that stuff and then comes back 
and he's way better at his job, it's not crazy to think that that's possible. And I think we're seeing it. So um, I found his age. He's 63. I thought he was older than that. Well, he looks good for 63. In your opinion. So this will probably be our last episode for a little bit. Yeah, you're going to be changing diapers and bloodshot eyes and chasing yep. a three-year-old. Yep. Baby baby coming tomorrow. Um, three-year-old already here. So it's going to be... Be fun times for for Steven for a little while, but uh, I mean, the good thing is, I know. The good thing is that we're past the draft now, and there's probably nothing that's going to happen for several months anyway. So, no, um, but we'll hey, try to hey, do then something. We don't even know when the season will start, exactly. Exactly. We'll try to do some fun stuff, uh, maybe in a few weeks. You know, we'll, we'll kind of talk about it and, and figure something cool out. We still have a suggestion, you know, that we. <laughs> that we had back in January of a uh, Panthers all-time fantasy team that we'll look at at doing so um yeah, yeah. and you know if it, there's any breaking news or anything like that I can always hold the, down a podcast by myself of course It'll just be me talking to myself kind of like I do normally yeah you could just uh pretend like do an impression of me and just talk to yourself and your other self is me and we'll just you know. <laughs> I would, I'd subscribe. I'm subscribed to that. So. Uh, hey, check out the YouTube channel. Jerry's been doing really good work uh, getting the YouTube videos up and doing some really cool, interesting things uh, with the YouTube channel. So check that out. Uh, is it just Meow Mix Podcast? Just search for Meow Mix Podcast. Yeah, I think it's Meow yeah. Mix Podcast. Meow okay. Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast or Panthers yeah. podcast. It should pull up. Yeah, you'll notice the, the logo is the same, so... Uh, but yeah, we had a lot of traction on our draft recap episode, so uh, really cool. Good job on that, Jerry. Um, so check that out, and I think that's going to about do it for us. Yep. You can follow us on Twitter at Meow Mix Podcast, or if you have any questions or comments, email us at mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. All right, everybody. Until next time, keep pounding. <laughs>